Welcome back, y'all. This is Dr. Samaria M. Culver. If this is your first time joining me from whatever platform you are listening to this from, uh, let me introduce myself. Like I said, I, uh, Dr. Samaria M. Culver, that is a city in the Bible, fun fact. And that's where my parents got the name, <laughs> in case you didn't know. Uh, I am a licensed therapist with over 16 years uh, worth of experience. I'm a uh, business owner. I own a private practice called Kingdom Creative counseling and i love it love it love it love it uh i've written a little over 60 books my goal was 100 within the next five to ten years and uh how i am different from maybe your average therapist is i give you faith-based principles to bring about lasting change now I always give this disclaimer what we are talking about today is not therapy i'll give you key points in the different platforms that i use that will encourage you to go to therapy i also like to encourage other therapists uh in their journey um, trying to be a therapist and navigating this world that tends to be anti-Jesus. So that's kind of what I do, but this is not therapy. My hope is that through listening, those who, whatever vein you're listening to this on, my hope is that you become encouraged to uh, walk out your healing and your wholeness process, okay? Now today, so last week, for those who don't know, I did do a teaching, I briefly, not a teaching, I briefly gave you my testimony of how God uh, gave me my private practice. And we have been in, uh, even though I've been in the field for a long time, I have officially been in private practice for almost seven, eight years. And I didn't always, um, I will talk to you sometime towards the latter part of the year. If I can remember, I have lots of ideas about how you make that transition from uh, part-time to full-time uh, for other therapists. I may just put it on my uh, training page. I'm not sure, but stay on the loop for that. Today, we're going to talk about uh, an emotional healing issue, and that is called um, 10 Lies We Tell Ourselves. So I'm going to switch back from there, 10 Lies I, We Tell Ourselves. And again, let me kind of give you this disclaimer. I had to, I forgot, I know I'm all over the place, y'all, but um, I am writing a book called The Business of Leading. Well, I've actually finished it. It's in editorials and all that kind of stuff. So make sure you follow me on social media platforms. And that is for uh, those who are entrepreneurs, uh, similar to the field of work that I do, and you're Christian and you're a business or entrepreneur leader. Now, if I minister people to y'all can y'all can join this, all right? But today we're talking about 10 lies uh, we tell ourselves. And I'm going to be brief today. We just came from church. It was a power house. And I am going to spend the rest of my Sunday uh, practicing some self-care, right? All right. So uh, 10 lies we tell ourselves. If I can just start here, remember this, the worst kind of deception, in my opinion, is self-deception. It's self-deception. Um, it is one thing for you to witness someone being deceived. It is another thing when you are deceived, but the worst kind of deception is self-deception. Before someone can deceive you, um, they must first deceive themselves. This is going to be in no particular order. Like I said, it's going to be, we're going to hit it and we're going to quit it. Okay. The first form of lies we tell ourselves is just, I'm going to summarize this, is self-doubt. It's self-doubt. Self-doubt is a form of imposter syndrome when you tell yourself what you're not. I can't, um, uh, I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm going to be, we doubt ourselves. Now the scripture tells us we have to have an honest estimate of ourselves. So you don't want to overthink and be full of pride and, and tell us, you know, be, just be different with it. But you also don't want to be in self-doubt either. 
okay? Um, when you're in self-doubt, you doubt your capability, who you are, and what God has called you to, right? And so believe it or not, on your journey to your leadership positions, or even in your journey in life, you're going to have at some point in life some struggles with self-doubt. Uh, self-doubt is an issue of our identity. Satan does not want us to have um, our identity and who he and who we are in Christ. I wrote a book some years ago. I may post a link and it was, it's about confidence. And it says, I am, how do I find myself um, in God? Right. And so what's the difference between confidence versus uh, self-deception or, or uh, conceit? Here's the difference. When you're confident, you are not confident necessarily in all of your abilities. You should be, you should have some level of, of, of confidence in what you can do, but I don't, you don't find value so much. Your identity is not based on what you can perform or, or people please. Okay. When uh, you are truly confident, you have found who you are first in God and then what he has called you and your talent, your skill and your ability. When you're confident in what you do or you can do, you have been consistent over time. You saw failures, you saw highs, you saw lows, but you're first confident in God. Like I can look at myself and think, man, I know at my core, mind, body, spirit, I'm beautiful. People have the right to disagree. Not to my face though now, because we don't do disrespect, but you have a right to disagree. But your opinion of me does not matter. However, when someone's full of conceit, they, it's almost like a form of pride that's rooted in insecurity. So they had to put themselves at a platform at the expense of someone else. So someone that's full of um, uh, full of um, uh, conceit, they'll say, oh, I'm so wonderful. Look at my talent, my skill, my ability. Look at me, darling. And look at you. They are putting themselves at a platform at the expense of someone else and we see other they see other people as someone to debate with someone to compete with which is a, a spirit that's not of god and they think that someone has to lose for them to win right now when you're truly confident and you're around someone that's insecure they think your confidence is an indictment against them like i remember one time i, I was looking in the mirror uh, around someone else oh because I just did my hair and my makeup was on point and I had that is my nice outfit on I was going to a speaking engagement and I remember just kind of looking at myself just to make sure I'm put together I wasn't like I'm so wonderful you know it was just nothing wrong with that I, I was just looking okay make sure I'm put together because you know you get it speaking in front of people you want to make sure at least you you know you, you don't want to make sure your hair's over here and your makeup's over here and all you know you just gotta look you know put look look put be put together okay and the person who was insecure was like, oh, she's so conceited. Why are you looking in the mirror? I was like, what? Like, why you got to probably look in the mirror? I'm Clearly, I'm getting ready to speak somewhere. And I didn't say all that, but I was like, that's an insecure person. Because why are you offended? Because I'm looking in the mirror. But again, it's obvious why I'm looking in the mirror. I'm getting ready to get up to... Now, I, now I wasn't doing it. Why? But I was saying that I was like, we were literally at the hotel. Wow. <laughs> I wasn't like at the, at the podium... With my mirror talking about hey literally i was literally getting ready to speak i just got myself together you know what i'm saying and just making sure everything's everything everything is in place you know what i mean so but so you will find that when you truly become confident as well somebody that's insecure may have a problem with that and again i didn't mean to say all that but when we get to doubt ourselves uh imposter syndrome when you don't um see the value in you when you compare yourself to other people, that's a form of a lie um, that we are telling ourselves, okay? 
Point number two, it won't be that bad. Child, we compromise. And let me tell you, whenever you compromise, it's always, it just looks like it's, it ain't going to be that bad. Remember, the scripture, a little leaven spoils the whole loaf. You let you just let them in. You know, I got that person. You think, oh, they, they ain't really that bad. Auntie, it, it, it'll wreck your whole life. I mean, your life is totally up from the flow up. Because a little bit of compromise. But the, the lie we tell ourselves is, oh, it's just, it won't be that bad. Auntie, this is what I woke up and I posted on social media um uh, a few days ago sometimes god just speaks to me sometimes i share it sometimes i just write it in my journal he speaks to me dreams and visions and all that kind of stuff and so i just write it in the journal but sometimes i share and so i woke up and i heard uh heard the lord say when it is god it is a perfect fit and i'm specifically talking about relationships but anything, anything else it is a fit when it is god it is a perfect fit it's not a perfect person may not even be um your surroundings may not be perfect, but when it's really God, you don't have to compromise and shape and move and try to maneuver and make somebody and make this be that ain't been try to force it to fit and all that kind. Of, when it is God, it's gonna it's, it's a fit. But remember, when you're starting to compromise, it's always a little. You know, in the back of your mind, this ain't really God. And we say, hmm, it won't. It ain't. They ain't really that bad. They ain't really that crazy, honey. It's just, they just a little, you know, different. And people holding back their hand. <laughs> I was listening to um, I, uh, a man of God. Uh, I can't remember his name. Um, but he was saying, and I said this for years, so I'm just quoting him. When you meet someone, okay, and they're not being honest, you're not meeting them. You're meeting their representative. And as time goes on and you realize this person is really towed up from the flow up, they just really not my cup of tea it's, uh, it's not that they changed over time it's just that when you first met them they were holding back their hand they won't be they were not being true to themselves and they were not being true to you they were not being honest and as time went on everything hidden is going to be revealed right everything hidden so now the person that you really that's the person who they were all along they were just pretending but when we compromise the lie we tell ourselves is like oh it just won't be that bad. It's just a little bit. Just a little, just a little bit of sin. <laughs> just a little bit. Mm-mm, hunty. And if you know what's going to happen down the line, you may be like, you know what? Uh-uh. Uh-uh, Satan. <laughs> um, another lie we tell listen, if, if we stop telling us this lie, honey, we, 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 some of y'all wanted to come to therapy. I'm not judging. I'm just saying we wanted to come to therapy. I can change them. Hunty, Listen. Listen, that is a, a little lie that we tell. I can change them. My God from Zion. You cannot change anybody. You cannot change anybody. It has to be a heart posture between them and God. God is not going to send you somebody that you have to change. Okay? Not, not to that number. You may have, he send you somebody and y'all encourage each other. But somebody that's needy, this ain't a dating show. I'm just telling you the lies. I just, I just I, as I was writing it, I can change them. No, you can't. Even in therapy, like we do this, and it, and I, this happens if you're in therapist and if you listen to this, we'll, we'll have clients and they they love your reputation and and they love what you bring. And they'll say, oh, I know that you can change them. And, mm, I'm like, I don't know. 
on that one. We don't come alongside and change people at all. We help them to identify the issues of problem and we come alongside you, not to change you, but to give you tools and strategies from a clinical perspective and you have to do the work. This is why you have certain uh, um, people who do exceptionally well in therapy because they take the tools, they apply it to their everyday life. Then you have other people and they literally do nothing like I, it sounds sad but we have clients and you know just 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 telling everybody don't come to the therapy because they want a result or they want to change some people just need a safe space and all they want to do is complain i've had clients where i said wait let's talk about this let's talk about let's start with cognitive behavioral therapy whatever approach the different approaches to therapy no that ain't gonna work no that ain't gonna work well that ain't gonna work well, that gonna, well now i know well why are you here uh, what you know, some people just get a good sense of I don't know, uh, validation from talking about their problems, but they're not really invested in their own change. Okay, so uh, change comes from one, one again, our relationship with God and our own self discipline. We then, as we are working on ourselves, God gives us corrective experiences, He may allow uh, people to train us or mentor us, but we are at the end of the day, responsible for our own change and our own happiness. And the lie, uh, those rescuers, those white knights, those people who don't set boundaries, I have been delivered to, oh, for, for, my, for myself. Uh, we tend to be those people that think, oh, I can change them. And these people don't even want to change, honey. They just need a hand. They just want a hand out, not a hand up. Okay, point number four, I have time. That is the biggest lie we tell us. Oh, and that's more procrastination. I have time. I have time. I have time. And there's a scripture that talks about God will redeem the time. So if you got distracted, God will redeem the time. Or something happened, you feel like you wasted time, or you're behind time. Sometimes you have not wasted time. You have not, um, you're, 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 you're comparing yourselves to other people. So that's a different scenario for a different time. You are right on time. However, there are times where you, you, uh, you just are wasting time. Okay. And there's time that you won't get back. None of us will be 18 ever again. Right. Well, that's, you know, what did, what did I do with the time that I had? David said, Lord, help me to count to number my days. That means I have to be intentional about my time. One thing I cannot stand is people waste my time. I don't want you to waste my money, but I dang on still don't want you to waste my time. And so for me, I always think like, man, if I, if I lose some money, I know the, the tools and the strategies to get it back. But if you waste my time, can I really get that back? You know, I don't have to ask God to redeem the time if I just stop allowing distractions in my life in the first place. Now, there's some things you're not going to get back. You're not going to be 18 again if you're not 18. You're not going to be 21 again again. There's some opportunities that will pass by and you're not getting that again. If you are 57 years old, you will not, and you always had a dream of playing in the NFL, okay? That time has passed. You will not be 57 years old being drafted to the NFL. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, so there's some things, you know, that we, I can't do that no more. That that time has passed, right? So you have to be realistic. This is this is for the people, you will see people that, you know, we're up in age, not that, we're not getting older, we're getting wise, I get that. But these are the people that you see, 70 and 80 years old and they dressing like they're 21 with the with uh with, with, with just trying to compete with these young folk you have to understand 
you have to understand that that time has passed. Okay, we will not walk. We not walk around with hoodie shorts, <laughs> booty shorts, and and midriffs. You understand that time has passed. We don't want to see all that. So you know, as I say all that to say, you know, there's some things where you just don't have time. And for me, I don't like people to waste my time. I really don't. I, I never forget years ago. I had a minister say, "Um, well, I forget." Gosh, it slipped my mind just that quick. Well, anyway, the point is. I just don't want to waste my time. I really don't. It's not that I'm, you know, weird, but I, I'm the type of person where I honor my own time. And so because I honor my own time, I'm very strategic and I'm able to get things done because I honor the time that God has given me. But I'm not going to allow someone in my life to waste my, to waste my time. There's some people ain't going up. They're not about anything. They're not, they're not really trying to do anything with their lives. And all they want, they, all they do, do is lay around doing nothing because they are wasting time. Okay. Point number five, a delay is not a denial. That is a lie in many cases. A delay is in some cases a denial. Now I know some of y'all say, wait a minute, Mary, that ain't it. If you got distracted, which is remember of the, the parable of the ten virgins. Five were wise, five were foolish. Right? I'm gonna give you scripture. Five wise, five foolish. They were in their waiting season, okay? But the five that were wise had been prepared to wait, so they prepared extra oil. When the bridegroom, when they heard the bridegroom is coming, the five that were wise got themselves together because time, chance, and opportunity had met them. The ones that were foolish, their lamps went out because they were not prepared to wait. And so while their time, their chance, and their opportunity came, they were not in position or in place. They were somewhere trying to get ready for a place they should have already been ready. They were somewhere trying to buy oil when they should have already had their oil waiting for their opportunity. It tells us this. And the Bible says that when the bridegroom came, the five that were wise were entered in into uh into the bridegroom's uh, uh ceremony right however the ones that were foolish they came back and they kept banging on the door and their opportunity they had missed their opportunity so what am i saying it is not true that there, there are times that certain specific things have to happen at a specific time and it's not your time it's not you to it's not for you to always know when your time or when your opportunity has come, it is your, it is your, uh, 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 if I were you, I would prepare for a time that I don't know when it's coming. So the bridegrooms, they didn't have, they knew the bridegroom was coming. They just didn't know when. And so while you're in your process, God will be preparing you for things, but preparing you for opportunities and preparing. He may tell you, go do this and go do that concerning your business and go do this concerning that. And he's not going to tell you when your opportunity is going to open up to you, right? But it's just still your, it is still your, 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 your wisdom that says I have to prepare. Time and chance happen to everyone, but there are lots of people who will never get their opportunity because they refuse to prepare. They're like those foolish versions. They thought they had time, but a delay is a denial in some cases okay 
Um, another thing, this is from our relationship folk. You are in a uh, tumultuous, chaotic relationship and you say, we can work it out. You cannot have peace with someone who is not peaceable. You cannot work something out with someone who does not want or desire the same thing that you want. I've had this happen in my own life. Like you cannot have healthy relationships with people who are committed to your demise. And so I've had, you know, clients I've counseled and, and stuff is going awry. And as a therapist, we don't tell people, you know, this is not going to work. We, we generally try to uh, work with clients based upon their goals, not what we see. But there are times where you just keep butting heads with someone. There's times where it's just, you got to come to a conclusion. We, we cannot work this out. You know, I gave an example um, of how Abraham and his, his, I'll, I say uncle father <laughs> lot. And I say uncle technically lot was his uncle, but it took on a father role with him. That's why you see, if you look at the, the relationship between uh, Abraham and lot, uh, Abraham more, had more of a father role because Lot's parents had passed away. Okay. His father had passed away. And it got to the point where there was so much contentious between them. And Abraham said this. He said, listen, Lot, there's too much strife going on between us. He said, listen, you pick your way, wherever you want to go. And I'm going to make sure I go the opposite way. We can't do this together. Sometimes in life, relationships, family ships, friendships, romantic partnerships, all kinds of ships, we cannot work it out. Okay. We are not meant to do this thing called life together. You go your way and I go my way. I remember I was talking to a family uh, member of mine and uh, about, uh, about a situation I was experiencing. And, um, and the person just said to me, she said, Samaria, you have conflict with this person because how they, they live their life in chaos, their chaos is normal to them. You don't live your life in chaos. You plan your steps and you're always going to butt heads with someone who thinks chaos and confusion and strife and arguing and all. They think that's normal. You don't live like that. So my brothers and sisters, there are times when you cannot work it out. Okay. The point number seven, the misappropriation of grace. So we say, Oh, God understands. Well, only God can judge me. The scripture says this. The scripture says that we will one day judge angels. It does say that. Uh, it does not tell us because only God can judge me that we cannot hold each other accountable. So we think, oh, God understands and we misappropriate grace. Grace is not our meal ticket. It is not our green light to do what we want to do, however we want to do it. That's why scripture says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? You can't know this is wrong and say, well, I got grace. I'm going to apply my grace ticket on it and go ahead forth. Now, there's a lot I can say about this, but the first book that I wrote, no, not the first book I wrote this year. Um, it wasn't my first book. I can't remember what how it falls down the line here. Uh, but I wrote a book. It's a very powerful book um, that has truly... Uh, was one of those books that really was my 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 heart into this book, and when I really wanted to understand fully grace, and it, the the book is called Grace That Abounds. You can find it at my website if you listen to this via my YouTube channel. I will post the link below. But I talk a lot about what grace is, 
and what grace is not. Grace is the power unto salvation. Grace is a supernatural power to do. Grace is not your green light to do what you want. And so when we say, go, God understands, we are lying to ourselves. Technically, God does, he can relate to our humanity because he was, he was, uh, Jesus became flesh, right? But he did not sin. And so you can't, well, God understand my heart. And then you're going to do what you want to do. No, 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 brothers and sisters. That's not how that works. All right, a few more things. Uh, never lie, we tell, I didn't do anything wrong. But you didn't do anything right either. Let me give an example. Uh, you you are sitting in a room where someone's character is being assassinated, but you don't say anything. I didn't do nothing wrong. I had someone do that. Well, they just talk about, they say this, that, and the third about you. Well, I didn't do anything wrong, but you were sitting in a room where someone's character was being assassinated. You were sitting in a room where someone was gossiping about someone else. You didn't speak up. You didn't say, hey, I don't want to talk about that person. You know, uh, my pastor said years ago, he said, if you sitting in a car, right? And uh, and you just sitting in the car and three of your friends are, are have went inside a convenience store to rob it. And they come back out and they drive off. You know, when the court t- when time comes for court and being arrested, you can't say, well, I was just sitting in the car. I didn't do nothing wrong. No, you are going to jail like the rest of them. Remember, and I talked about briefly about uh, the parable of the talents. Well, the one servant said, I didn't do anything. I wouldn't hear just talent in the ground. And, uh, and, and here it is. And the ruler said, wait a minute, you, you did absolutely nothing. See, sometimes in life, we think, well, we think my, I, I can be passively righteous. Well, I can be passive, a passive person. You didn't speak up. So you can say, well, I didn't do anything wrong. Wasn't me. I didn't rob that bank. I didn't talk bad about you. Yeah, but you didn't do anything right either. You didn't go use your gifts, your talent, and ability. You sat in a room where someone's, being, where someone's character is being assassinated, and you didn't speak up. You saw someone being abused or hurt or neglected or uh or being mistreated and you didn't say anything you 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 just kind of hid your head your head in the sand pretend like you didn't see anything you don't get brownie points for that i didn't do anything wrong well what did you do right when you do stuff like that guess what it is counted unto you as if you did it all right come on now only god can judge me first of all that's a that's a lie God can judge you and people can and they will judge you. People in church will judge you. People in this world will judge you. Oh, that's not even scripture. <laughs> that is not a scripture in the Bible. There is no Bible verse that says only God can judge. Why would we do that? Well, you a Christian. You're supposed to be a good Christian. You know, only God can judge me. Who says? The Bible says we will judge angels. The Bible says we're going to judge one another. You know, in the time, time of judgment, we... People can judge you all that. Why do you, what, if you commit a crime, right? You're going to stand before a judge, a human being. That is the law of the land. So that lie, only God can judge you. We'll go commit a crime. Who are you going to stand before? <laughs> only God can judge me. People will judge. You just have to make sure that when they judging you, it's, it's based, it's not based upon something you've actually done. Like, you know what I mean? Like no one has the right to condemn you to hell. Maybe that's what they mean when they say that. <laughs> people, people are mean. They will judge you for stuff you didn't even do. 
whether they can or whether they can't. You understand what I'm saying? You got to get it together here, okay? All right. Uh, and point number 10, uh, I said this before, but you are not enough. That is a lie. You said you are all, you are, I feel like I said it so, this week, this past week, I feel like I said it to so many clients this week. There's sometimes where you, as a therapist, you may have so many different clients, but you're having the same session over and over again. You are enough. You are enough. When I say you are enough, I'm not meaning that you are so perfect. You don't have things you got to work on. You don't have things you got to change. I'm not saying that you are so enough that because leans over to this pride and you don't have goals and aspirations and I got to work on this. I got to work on my health. I got to work. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you are enough. And and when it comes to the context of relationship, there are some people, no matter what you do, no matter what you say, no matter how gracious and kind and caring and giving you are to them, you will never be enough for. So I I I I, uh, I was listening to my favorite teacher. I've said this story many times, not many times, but I said it enough. I listened to one of my favorite teachers because you know I have lots of favorite Bible teachers. As long as you teach the Bible, Bible here, yeah, okay. Um, but her name was Lisa Harper, and Lisa was being interviewed. Well, she was in a, a room full of people, uh, you know, online, and she said, and I just never forget it. Just something that when she said that, she said, "I knew that God had delivered me." I didn't know that he had delighted in me. <sighs> and I remember thinking, oh my God, what? That one of I know God. So I kept playing it back. I know God delivered me. And I started writing, God delights in me. God delights in me. God delights in me. God delights in me. And I realized for my own self, I didn't have to prove that. I wasn't going to be more or less in God's eyes. I am enough for him. He sees me. I'm his own. He is mine. I am his. And I went through a season in my life, which I won't tell you exactly in detail. I probably never will. Where I was being, went through so many trials and tribulations, lies, a smear campaign, the people telling me what I didn't, couldn't do, and shouldn't do, and things I, I, I never did. I was trying to figure out what in the world y'all talk. I didn't do anything wrong. Like, what is what? And then I realized that God delighted me, and I didn't have to prove it. I didn't have to say, that's not my character. Why are you lying on me? I'm a good person. I'm a person of integrity. I'm a godly character. I'm always successful. And I have people that come bad for me. I kept going, no, I have enough. And God delights in me. And he delights me not because of what I've achieved or what I have. He just delights me because I'm his and he is mine. You are enough. And you will have people that will come into your life that you're not enough for. And we have to dismiss these people. But then God will send people in your life that love you wholeheartedly without pretense that even in your weakness and your vulnerabilities and your proclivities and your strength and in your weaknesses, you are enough. Remember, uh, God told Saul, uh, Apostle Paul, excuse me, remember he changed his name. He said, in your weakness, my grace is sufficient. And so sufficient means enough. When you are weak and when you are vulnerable and when you don't know and when you're afraid, God's grace, which is his love, exposed to us, it is still enough. And because his grace and his love and his spirit dwells on me, I am enough. All right. 
the last lie we tell ourselves is they will understand. I've kind of alluded to this. They will understand. There are some people, beloved, will never understand. There are some people that are committed to unrighteousness. Your righteousness is offensive to them. They will not understand because they don't want to understand. That's a lie. You don't have to move forward in your life. You can move forward in your life, excuse me, without people understanding who you are and what God has told you. That When God spoke that word, that vision, that dream, whatever he spoke to you, he spoke it to you. He did not ask their permission. They don't have to understand. Got it? All right, y'all, y'all know who I am, Dr. Samaria Cobra. You can check me out at com. You can request speaking engagements. I have the clothing line. I have other trainings. I have lots of books and all kinds of dilly dallies and fun things in between. Um, make sure you go to that website. And again, com. My training website for training and things like that is www.trainingchristianleaders.com. And then if you are located in the state of North Carolina, okay, we accept both assurances. Do not contact me via any type of email, a Facebook messenger, no type of social media in compliance with HIPAA and confidentiality. But if you are located in the state of North Carolina, you can go to www.kingdomcreativecounseling.com. We offer telehealth sessions to people all over the state or in office sessions, okay? God bless you. We'll be back another day, another time, another banger. Bye.